Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. April is Autism Awareness Month, and Autism Speaks Lighted Up Blue campaign is in full swing. So here's what we're doing. We're asking you to, sometime in the month of April, go to autismspeaks.org and make a donation. No donation is too small. Anything you can possibly afford to do is greatly appreciated. Autism Speaks will use your donation to help continue to provide families with resources and support to fund research to discover more treatments for autism and to advocate for the autism community. Please go to AutismSpeaks.org sometime in the month of April and help Autism Speaks light it up blue. Go do it. All right, now time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam. Pete, nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. Just gotta stop, man. We keep having the same conversation. Episode number 228. Hi! Welcome to the program. I'm Sam Pete. Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It's the New York Sports Talk Podcast, you guys. It's not that big a deal. We are ready to unload. we got a lot to talk about. It will be unloading. Hi! Uh, I'm Steve Sampietro. As I mentioned, the aforementioned Sam Pete. We are going to talk... To Dominic Jansky and Dan Saracina. Saracini. I've <laughs> been waiting all day to say his name and I blew it. From Lighthouse Hockey about the Islanders. Holy cow. That can fill a show. Dominic has been on the show before. Dan has not. We are super excited to have an Islanders roundtable with those guys. So that's going to be really great. And then we'll talk about the Mets. We're waiting a little bit into the season. The water is warm. Come on in. Baseball's here. It's cool. No big deal, you guys. So um, we're going to do all of this. And then, of course, the Bishop is here. We'll do a fun load later. It'll be fun, I promise. It's ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Nice. Get a cup of coffee. Fix yourself a, a piece of cake. Get a piece of cake nice. Maybe like a crumb cake. Maybe like get the Entenmann's. Maybe get, uh, you know, get a little cake nice. And uh, and join us for Ready to Unload with Count Sampete. Hi, let's bring a storm. Just cursing up a blue streak because he is watching the Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins 
right now uh, who are playing for the Islanders' playoff lives. He is the co-host of the program. He is the yin to my yang. Kel. The That's the guy. He is the uh, Nipsey to my Russell. He is the Dan to my Tana. Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi. How are you? You know how usually when you ask somebody, hey, how are you? Yeah. And they and they typically, they're polite. They say, yeah, I'm good. Everything's good. How are you? Sure. Yeah, I'm not good, Steve. I'm not good at all. So You're not good. So screw the pleasantries. I'm not good. Why? Wow. Okay. Screw the pleasantries? Uh, I believe it's three to two. Is it still I'm a little behind. Hello. What's that? Bad, there's a bad connection here. I'm sorry. What'd you oh, say? Oh, okay. Let me uh, let me see if I can uh, rearrange this here. Hold on. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Great. Okay. Is that better? That's that's fine. I can hear you. I I said the the, the Bruins were, were losing, uh, three to two. Right. That's right. It's three to two. It was three one. They just scored. It's now right. three two. Right. There's about five minutes left in that game. Uh, maybe. Right. I, I, yeah. Okay. We had a little uh, Skype problem there, but we've got to figure it out. I had to uh, adjust my microphone. Better now? Is this hot? Is this hot action? Great. Good. Great. You're doing let's, great. Let's stop talking about it. When people exchange pleasantries, yes. Usually, you're extraordinarily cordial. I warned the Bishop Pop Culture PJ that you may actually raise your voice tonight. He said, I'm crazy. said, there's no chance. Well, hey. Do you see my hands in the air? Yeah, I do. Do you see me waving them like I just don't care? No. That I don't see. No. Okay, let me do it again. Hey, look at you. Do I look like I care? <laughs> Four to two, Florida Panthers. Okay, great. Okay? All right? Great. Oh, okay. It's all better now. Yay! Stop look at me yelling at me. Voice. I'm raising my voice. PJ. Stop yelling <laughs> at me. Yeah, everything's fine. Let's have a party. Sing the song. The hand in the air, like you just don't get. Is that the song, or am I singing the wrong no, song? No, I was thinking more of the Tracy Bonham song, "Mother, Mother, Mother." <laughs> mother. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a different song that has "mother" in it. Yeah. Are you thinking of "Mother" by by Danzig? I'm thinking. Because <laughs> no one should ever be thinking of that song ever. Mother, Mother. Think about, think about the lyrics to that song. We've done this before. No, we haven't. We totally have. What, like four years ago? Yeah. If we did. Because I, I think it was pre-PJ, I feel like. Pre-PJ? What is that? It's pre-J, as we like to say. Yes. Can you get a little closer to your microphone now? No, I'm not, I'm not going to really be very cooperative tonight. So. <laughs> I hate dilettante Cal. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you get what you get. And you don't get upset. You're like. You're lucky I'm here right now. That's correct. Let's put it that way. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. You're lucky I'm here. Bring well, peace. I am lucky you're here because we have we have two guys from Lighthouse Hockey to come in and talk about the Islanders and the playoffs, and hopefully the Islanders will be in by then. Three minutes and thirty five seconds to go in that game. You bring PJ in, and I'm gonna bring PJ in. I'm talking about the guests. Can okay, we be they, a bit hospital? Are hospital, the guests hospitable? Well, sure. If if you want to just blow the producer off, that's I'm fine with that too. 
So not only are you a, a complete dilettante, uncooperative uh, co-host tonight, uh, it's laissez-faire as well. Anything whatever, goes. Whatever you like. My way, your way, anything goes tonight. GNFNR. Is that what we're going with? Yeah. Let's talk about the guests. Okay. And then we'll bring in PJ. How's that? Sure. Dominic Jansky and Dan Saracini mm-hmm. from LighthouseHockey.com, which I believe is the uh, – you notice how I say hockey when I, when I say that? That website? I've noticed that. <laughs> it's completely unconscious. I'm uh, not trying to do it. It is absolutely, if you are an Islander fan, it's the best website out there. It, it is the best fan-run uh, Islanders blog by far. And that's not the, the Islanders point-blank guys do a, do a fine job. But Lighthouse Hockey is where you're going to get uh, a really interesting combination of guys who are uh, Corsi-driven. And then guys who are just old-time hockey guys who like to what tr- who quote unquote trust their eyes. And you know what they do? They curate the stories from around the league, which I love. I love. You can yep. get everything in one in one spot. It's great. In one helping, like one nice helping, you get everything. And the other thing is they they have some onion moments. Well, we're going to talk to Dan uh, about his onion his uh, his guide to uh, anxiety about clinching a playoff berth. If you have playoff. Playoff clinching anxiety. Did you mm. see that? No, I, I missed it. Oh, it's 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 really really good. I've been I I apologize. I've been a little off the grid the last forty eight hours. You really have. A little I've bit. Been, I've been genuinely concerned. I'm sorry. I haven't seen you like this since '08. I really haven't. Well, it hasn't been like this since '08. No, no, we haven't been in danger of having '08 happen again since '08. Yeah, how could that possibly happen? How could '07 happen again? And then it happened again. The the upsetting thing about the Islander situation, and we'll get to this with with uh, with Dominic and, and Dan, is as a Mets fan and an Islander fan, it's a combination of '07 and '08. What was happening? Oh, it's it's the worst parts of both <laughs> years. <laughs> right. It's the it's the Islander poo poo platter, mm-hmm. where you have the worst parts of '07 blowing a you know potentially blowing a tremendous lead and not getting into the playoffs. And potentially doing it in the last game of your own building after a long storied history of a dump. Right. <laughs> a dump of, anyway, we're going to get to all the Islander stuff. Let's bring in Peach while, while we have a chance because those guys are going to be calling in in a few minutes. Super excited to talk to them. Here he is. What Did is you happening? What, what is up? Did you know that? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, literally, what is? I haven't. I have not heard Cal this upset since the waiter brought him white wine and he ordered red. Since Friends went off the air, he's very upset then. Wow. Yep. I know. I the I just gave away a little bit of a, a little bit of a trade secret. Very upset when Friends went off the air. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Hey PJ, what's up? What's up, buddy? Did you approve of the Ross Rachel resolution or? Uh, Did you just go, eh, I knew they were going to do that. While we're being topical, you mean? <laughs> Why not? How, how were we on Alice on the Brady Bunch? Did we like the way that that wrapped up with Sam? I thought you were asking about Linda Lavin. <laughs> how were we with Flo and Vera uh, and Alice? Your Honor, no. he opened the door with friends. <laughs> Actually, I, I believe I did. Yes, thank he, you. And, and uh, watch yourself, counselor. Objection <laughs> overruled. I'll allow it. But watch yourself, Cal, Cal, sir. 
withdrawn. And why not go? Why not go the, all the way and just pair up Joey with Phoebe? Why, why did? Why not? Right. Why not go the whole nine yards? Right. Anybody like that movie? They did that? Yeah. <laughs> they did that Matthew movie. Perry did that. Matthew Perry's in it. <laughs> he went the whole nine. He went the whole he, ten yards too. He did. He did. Right. Featuring I, your favorite, my favorite movie killer, Amanda Peet. You killer. She's a project killer. Who's in this? Amanda Peet? Oh, I'm going to pass. Steve, you have no acting career. Yeah, I'm I'm all set. He has PJ doing. I want to know how PJ's doing. So do Roughly. I. How is PJ doing? Fantastic. Just got off the bike. Did a all quick right, sir. did a quick 5 miles. The, what uh, what constitutes a quick 5 miles for you? Well, I mean there's a leisurely 5 miles. <laughs> where I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay on the bike because Game of Thrones is on and I don't care how far I go. And then there's five miles when you want to just get five miles done. What about and then is there a determined five miles as well? Yeah, That's what that is I think. I see. I yeah, feel like there's the, there's the there's the heavy breathing five miles. Sure. I gotta be honest. Any any mileage I attempt on a bike right now will involve heavy breathing. That's how out of shape I am. <laughs> if I if I attempt the uh the uh you know half a kilometer to the store bike ride. Uh, yeah, I'm breathing heavily. It's bad. Well, it's we're going to start that club now. though. We're going to start the uh let ourselves go club. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing that? Yeah, we're going to get together. We're going to get together every week at the Applebee's and we're going to talk about ooh. I can't believe what I did to myself this week. Oh man. This is this is among the worst ideas you've ever had. No, I think it's great. I've got T-shirts made up already. It says, breathe heavy, comma, breathe loud. That's right. And, and breathe proud. It's on the back. I've, great. I've got, I, yeah, no, the slogan for the back is pancakes every morning. <laughs> We're having pancakes breathe. every morning at the Let Ourselves Go Club. That's breathe. what The Rock says, too, right? Isn't that The Rock slogan? <laughs> pancakes every morning? It does not. <laughs> He does not say that. Breathe heavy, breathe loud. And on the back, have pancakes every morning. It's not so much a slogan (laughs) as it is just a mission statement. (laughs) I I think we can come up with the ten laws for this later. Yeah, this is going to work out. This is going to work out well in the fun load where where we're figuring out the bylaws of the Let Yourself Go Club. I have I have dreamed I have dreamed about being a member of this club for about ten years. Does Patty LaBelle <laughs> sing the theme song? Patty LaBelle does sing, sing the theme song. Is it one moment in time or is it no, like it's just uh, let yourself go song? It's a sassy song. <laughs> just let yourself go. Like that. That's right. My bad. Right. And we have to walk very confidently down down the street, <laughs> all in a line with our T-shirts till we get winded. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to get winded, of course. <laughs> we get winded. Oh, the lecture. We're all grasping up. our lower backs. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, Peach, I believe hey. one of our one of our buddies from Lighthouse Hockey is on the line, so go grab him. Hey, go get the phone, Peach. Right. Hey, get the phone. Answer the phone. Hey, pick this up. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Um, The Let Yourself Go Club. This is going to be... This is going to be something. Are you are you uh, uh, prepared to talk to the lighthouse hockey guys? Why why wouldn't I be? I because I'm I'm a little concerned about how you're feeling about the Islanders right now. That's all. I'll, I look. 
I'm a professional. Let's keep professional what? Podcaster? I'm a, I'm a professional fan. I'm a professional oh. fan. You are a professional fan. I know I know when and when not to act out. Can I ask you a question? This is not a time to act out. Yes. When did you give up your amateur status and go pro? I think I might have been seven. <laughs> I think it was an early... Uh... Was it because of the Islanders? Like in the midst of their second Stanley Cup run or... No, I would no, I would the, the I would have gone pro on the Mets. Yeah, back in uh, maybe '84. I would say I went pro in '84. Yeah, probably '84. Right? Doc there. Yeah. Wally Backman, Davey Johnson, first year as manager, nineteen-year-old Doc Gooden, seventeen and six, two hundred seventy-six strikeouts. That's when you go pro. Feel like you go pro the first time you're really upset by what happened. <laughs> if that's the case, I went pro when I was five. Oh, come on. <laughs> and I went to a Met game and I cried when they lost. Or it could be, I could have gone pro, and, and we're going to bring Dan in in just a second um, from LighthouseHockey.com, uh, the Islander blog, the Islander website. Um, and Dominic hopefully will be calling in in a few moments as well. If that's the case, Cal, quite seriously, probably when the Islanders lose to the Edmonton Oilers on their drive for five, and they lost that last game. Yeah. I I did weep uh, as an 11-year-old or 10-year-old. Really? I, I think I had just turned 11. It would have been the spring of 85. Yeah, I had just turned 11. Now you've outed yourself. And, um, yeah, well. Do the math, everyone. There goes all those acting jobs. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Blythe Danner. That's, that's, <laughs> going to be okay if I... My lady never revealed. <laughs> I, I wept. I wept uh, openly when they wow. lost that. I can't remember the first time I cried over a sporting event. Yeah. I, I'm not ashamed to say that's not the last time. No. I, no. There's been plenty of times. I wept that's over sure. a sporting event. Uh, okay. So you're a professional uh, fan. You'll be fine. I believe Dominic is calling in again. Let's bring these guys in. Um, they are... Uh, the brain trust of lighthousehockey.com, uh, part of the uh, the SB Nation of blogs. Uh, Dom, as I said, has been on the show before. Dan has not, so let's uh, let's welcome them both to the show, uh, and we will do so now. Dom, Dan, uh, Steve San Pietro, aka San Pete, and Brian Calvi here. Hey guys, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, Dom, welcome back. Uh, good to have you. We, we, uh, you promised us you would come back on when the Islanders were in the playoffs, and guess what, everybody? Perfect timing. The, <laughs> the Islanders are officially in the playoffs as the Florida yeah. Panthers beat the Boston. Spoiler alert: uh, Boston Bruins tonight, four to two. So that uh, backdoor man, the Islanders. Uh, 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 they don't really back into the playoffs. They still controlled their own destiny. They still had two games left that they could have easily won and hopefully will. Um, so, guys, you guys were they're just talking about times when you cried during sporting events, and yes. this may have been one had the Panthers not won that game. I got to be honest with you. I've been under a lot of pressure lately. I don't know if I could have taken uh, another day of oh my god, can I do this? Can I do this? But thank you, Florida Panthers, for taking care of business. Yeah, I think we should send them a fruit basket and something yeah. nice. We're gonna get and, them yeah, something nice. Whatever they want. 
Yes. So, you know, I appreciated it because uh, that way I could root on Ottawa beating the Rangers and yeah, good also. conscience too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, one of the best things to come out of the Boston scenario, which kind of came out of nowhere, uh, because I think after the loss on uh, on Tuesday night to the Flyers, we were all all really focused on the idea of Ottawa and the Rangers tonight, and then of course Ottawa or uh, the Rangers decided to dress seven or eight guys right from <laughs> right from the street. Yeah, um, which is, you know, which I think I Tim guess, Robbins was a first their center. <laughs> I believe, center, I believe right? Boomer Esiason got some ice time yeah. tonight, which is nice for yeah, him. Tim Robbins, Boomer Esiason, and uh, Liam Neeson were the and top Neeson, line, right? <laughs> In this scenario, though, Liam Neeson's a goon, right? Like he has a special <laughs> oh, set absolutely. of skills. Oh yeah, he yeah, has a oh, certain definitely. set of skills, and he uses them. <laughs> he's definitely the power forward on that line. Definitely, I mean, he's he's, he's big. He's got good range, you know, all that stuff Pierre Maguire likes to talk about. Right. You, you know when they do those Garden of Dreams charity events at the at the Garden and they have all the mm. celebrities dressed as rangers? That's what it looked like tonight. That's what it was tonight. That's right. <laughs> I might have seen Taylor Swift out there. <laughs> Taylor Swift just got a shift with the third line, and she really... <laughs> so, um, no, but but one of the nice things about this, this Boston scenario was not having to root for the Rangers tonight. Like, I told all my Ranger fan buddies at work, like, look... And they're all, you know, giving me grief. And I said, look, I don't need your team. I don't need them. The Florida Panthers and our old friend L- Roberto Luongo, former Islander, yeah. is going to come up big for us tonight. And uh, and they did. So, uh, guys, the way I want to do this, because, um, and, and Dan, uh, of course, welcome to this. Am I saying your last name correctly? I apologize if I'm not. It's Saracini? Uh, it, yeah, Saracini, that's correct. Okay, great. No, just we love having another guinea on the show, and as many guineas as we yes. can possibly cram in here is what, yeah. is what we try to do. It's our motto. We, yeah, we often have uh, – there it is. Thank you, Peach. Um, well, yes. I, I carry a Tarantella with me wherever I go. I just play it. Uh, just, you know, I get on the bus, the, uh, the New Jersey Transit bus in the morning, and I just play the Tarantella and sort of, you know, dance my way down the aisle. That's what right. we usually do. That's it. So the old, so the old Italian woman sits next to you and starts, yes, you know, yes, immediately course, yes. engaging, engaging you, and it's and suddenly it's a Francisco right. Rinaldi commercial, and it's right. Great. And Telling you you haven't eaten in, in, in right. Know, week or and she sits next to you and says, "Why are you no marry? Why are you no marry? Yeah. What's the matter with you?" <laughs> I took care of that. That's okay. But. All right, good. Um, they say that though, even when you are married, like my <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. My Aunt Dolly still hasn't figured out that, yes, I am indeed married. It's, it's been a number of years now. I have two children. <laughs> Let's, why are you no Steve? Why are you no I am. She's right here. She's right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think the easiest way to do this, guys, uh, since um, uh, there, there are four of us and we're going to roundtable it. Cal and I have done this at, at different times with some of the jet beat writers and stuff. We've had uh, some success roundtable-wise. Is um, I'll kind of uh, – Cal and I have some questions in mind that we'd like to run past you guys. So I'll specifically address each guy – uh, at each time, and and, um, uh, and we'll just get some topics cooking and, and, and start talking about this. Obviously, the tone of the show, we're, we're joking around, but the, the tone of this conversation has an entirely different feel as of 10 minutes ago now that the Islanders are, in fact, in the playoffs. But, and I'm going to throw this out to you, Dom, to get started, they still have a very big game tomorrow night. Okay, The fact that they're yeah. in the playoffs, the fact that they've clinched the playoffs does not belie the fact that They've played very poorly over their last, what is it, 28 games, somewhere around there. Um, or they've been a 500 club up and down, struggled with effort on certain nights, struggled with 
their power play on one night, their penalty kill the next, uh, lineup changes, screaming about the coach, uh, he who shall be not named, Freddie Mercury, we'll just call him. <laughs> Um, Dom, how big is this game still tomorrow night? Well, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, obviously you want to see them get back into a little better form. And they've had some issues <laughs> that have, uh, you know, cut away at that form over the last few weeks. Um, I mean, I think it's big because they don't want to end up uh, with the worst seed and, and the sort of doomsday scenario of facing a hot Rangers team in the first round. Uh and it's kind of funny, like, I, I, I still, I'll be honest, I wasn't worried about a playoff spot. The, the scenarios for them to, to lose out were so, uh, what are the antithesis of miraculous is, that uh, that wasn't alarming me as much as just this kind of loss of seeding and probably loss of home ice advantage and how they're going to give themselves a tougher road in the first round. So, I mean, these two games, I know Capuano called uh, tomorrow a playoff game, which you kind of wonder what have the, the the previous few games been if if uh, tomorrow is that. But, I, you know, I mean, ideally I'd like to see them address their playoff lineup, which I think has a lot of people worried that we've been seeing their playoff lineup. And uh, you want to see, you know, all systems click, clicking again like, like it has been earlier in the season. So, I mean, I, I do think, you know, there have been some things like Oposo going out, not coming back in form has been an issue. And Grabowski, everybody, you know, because he's concussed uh, and because he's kind of a quieter player, people tend to forget about him. But he he was a pretty key cog in making them deep, you know, three lines deep for sure uh, this season. So so those are all issues. But I think if they dress their best lineup and uh, get their power play uh, to actually shoot at the goal, you know, they could get back into some sort of form where we feel good about them going into the playoffs. Uh, I, I, we're going to talk about the lineup a ton. That's, that's a great point, Dom, because, uh, and, and we're going to talk about that in, in a bit. I, I do, <laughs> do want to let – obviously, neither of you guys are, are Met fans. Is, is, that, is that correct? No. Okay. Correct. That's, it's, it, Cal and I have been going through a special version of hell. Um, because we are huge diehard Mets fans who lived through uh, 2007 when the Mets blew a, uh, a seven-game lead with 17 games to play, um, yeah. which is, just, frankly, even just to say it aloud, is just yeah, right. they're, they're, they're all ridiculous people. And then, of course, in 08, they uh, failed to make the playoffs on the last day of the season um, and closed their building that way, um, the, 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 the great uh, dump of ours, Shea Stadium. So Cal, in particular, I'm going to let uh, Cal jump in here. Cal particularly was having flashbacks to this combo platter of 07 and 08 and seeing this all happen with the Islanders. Cal, they're in. Okay? You and I have not we've been doing the show. We've not been able to talk since then. Please tell us how you're feeling. Well, <laughs> it's funny because when Dom says that he wasn't worried about them getting into the playoffs, my <laughs> Steve saw me. My eyes were bulging out of my head because I was convinced they weren't going to make the playoffs based on the fact that I went through this with the Mets in 2008. Um, it, was just, it was just becoming eerily similar to the, to the way that it ended in 2008 with the whole building is closing. They should make the playoffs. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and it just was getting... It was getting very tense in there, but I am able to breathe now 
Thank you to Florida. But I have a I, I have a question. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just wanted to interject. You know. As I was saying that, I almost interjected the caveat that Mets fans have been telling me for the past two weeks to shut up. You know, you don't know what you're saying. So I apologize, and I, I can only imagine the grief. That, and I, and I'm, I'm sorry for laughing about it, too. But it's, no, no. Yeah, it, it sounds absurd, and it's amazing. Nobody should have to go through that twice. No, well, no, what's absurd is being so convinced that it was going to completely bottom out. Because I got it. Yeah, because like you said, statistics and probability said it wasn't going to happen. There were too many things that needed to happen for them to miss it. But that you know, don't don't tell me that. I'm not sure if Cal has digested a solid meal since that puck went off Yarrow Yarrow Halak and into the net on Tuesday night. He's like he's a lot like Karen's father in Goodfellas at this point, where like he just hasn't eaten a decent meal in months. He's kind of wandering around, muttering to yeah, himself. Just, just you're like Vinnie the Chin at this point. Just you know, <laughs> they're worried that you're creating some sort of uh, insanity defense. What were you going to ask uh, Dan? I think Cal. Uh, well, what I want I wanted to get Dan's opinion on. Well, a little bit more about the lineup, and it's just I can't figure it out. I think Steve and I have talked about this, and I think most Islander fans. Whether they like Brian Strait or not, that's, that's besides the point for the question that I'm going to ask. What has happened with Calvin DeHaan? Do you have any idea why Calvin DeHaan has not been in the lineup so often down the stretch here? You know, I, I read something on Facebook today, and it may not be true, but I read it, and it made me really think that it said that Jack Capuano may, in fact, be a member of ISIS. Now, I'm not sure if that's true or not. <laughs> that would explain because, it. Because, you know, you know I, don't, I don't know. He doesn't look like the type, but that's my only explanation. Because I, I don't know. I, right. I honestly don't know. And it's, um, you know, the, the lineup, it, it's funny because, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm defending Jack. Because when you do, you know, people come out of the woodwork to call you a moron. Uh, but... Um, and 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 honestly, Dan. Honestly, Dan. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna interrupt. And I'm being completely serious. You will not get that here. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. it's, 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 no. Um, seriously. Like we may disagree with the, you know things. I I've been against. Not against Capuano. I don't think Capuano is a great coach. I haven't for a long time. But that kind of thing is. And I know you guys get it all the time on your site. And that's why you're a little skittish about it. That's you know that's yeah. it's that's just silly. <laughs> right. Well, so I mean, so but, don't, you know, feel free feel free to defend Jack. <laughs> oh no no that's okay. I I mean the lineup is a big thing, and you know I think a lot of their problems can can be traced back to lineup decisions that really don't make a whole lot of sense. Um, right. You know it's the stuff out of Jack's hands, like Dom was saying. You know Jack didn't like detach Kyle Oposo's retina. Like that wasn't his. Are you, you know, sure? Idea. Yeah, I'm almost sure. I don't know. I, I haven't seen. We never got the full story on that. Amax <laughs> <laughs> wedding, I think, was the. Uh, I don't know. We we just sort of assumed that there was some sort of revelry going on there. But um, you know, he didn't cause uh, Grabowski to have two concussions in the same season. So you know, right. there's a lot of. St- he doesn't. You know, he he wasn't in goal when. You know, whoever I don't know. Was it Braden Shen threw a puck? at the goalie within the dying seconds of a period that happens literally every night across the league. And it's it's happened 1,500 odd times this year. And this one goes in like, you know, that's crazy. But the the Han thing is really strange. 
the use of Michael Grabner has always been strange. I don't. Nobody really can figure out. You know, Grabner's ice time has been decreasing ever since that 2010, 2011 breakout year he's had. Yeah. His ice time has gotten less and less. And you know, we see a guy with like you know some of the fastest wheels in the league, and and you know a good penalty killer, and a guy who is you know capable of making things happen. And okay, so he doesn't score as much as we probably would like, but. He makes things happen, and, you know, he goes from having, I don't know, whatever it was, I, I don't even know, but, like, 16 minutes a night to 15 to 14 to, like, 9, and you're like, well, what is going on here? Um, you know, playing Josh Bailey at center with three games right. to go in the season, <laughs> I, that I don't get. You know, I, I was willing to to give, you know, they acquired Tyler Kennedy at the trade deadline, and, you know, they got to work him into the lineup, so you figure he's going to get a few games here and there, but... You know, I I just I didn't think it would happen. I guess at the expense of Michael Grabner. I thought it would happen right. at the expense of you know Casey says I don't know if Kennedy can even play center, but or Martin or even Clutterbuck. And I mean I like Clutterbuck and all, but you know you give him a break, have him sit for a game or two and, and play Kennedy. That's what I thought was going to happen. I didn't expect him to see him on the first line, or right. <laughs> you know playing in. So I to be honest, I don't know. Uh, Keith uh, Quinn, our our colleague at Lighthouse Hockey, is. Positive the theory. The, the only, he's a rational man, Keith, and he brings up a good point <laughs> that maybe Jack sees straight as a sort that sort of stay at home. You know, um, I don't want to. I'm going to use the word bruising, but I mean, I, nobody would describe him that way. But that sort of t- you know tougher defenseman whose job it is to you know hit people and and kind of make you pay in front of the net. That's fine and good if that's the theory. But the problem is he's not that guy. So I don't know right. why he's still in the lineup. And you know, like that, Dom right. was saying, before, yeah. <laughs> but like Dom said before, you know, I, I, I want to see. I was holding a lot of rage uh, because I wanted to see what the playoff lineup would be like. And you know, maybe the guy gets all this and just for whatever reason is holding these guys out, and he wants to, you know, because they're they're not healthy, and he wants to play them in the playoffs and get that right lineup, that 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 best lineup on the ice. I hope it still happens. I hope tomorrow night's lineup isn't, you know calling up Kevin Poulin from Bridgeport and playing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's going to, you know, straight and, uh, you know, Kennedy on the first line and right. Matt Martin getting 22 minutes or something. I don't know. I hope it's not that. I hope you know, right. it's the real life. But guys, play. right, but guys, one of the things that, uh, and this is for all, all three of you guys, and, and this is something Cal and I have discussed before on, on the program um, and, and in uh, real life. Uh, one of the things that, uh, about Capuano that is, uh, consistently sort of frustrating and and something that we've talked about a lot recently is that he seems to be to me again I'm not a practice we don't get the, we don't have the benefit of watching practice we don't have the benefit of of being around these guys he almost seems too close now in other words we've watched this team develop and um and and come together over the last 5 years we're all diehard fans. We were all, you know, we, we when they win 25 games, we watch. When they win 45 games, we watch. Like we watch, and we mm-hmm. and there's been something special about this group. Dom, we talked about this back in October when you came on the show. There's been something special about watching this group come together finally, and all these draft picks and all this development and and JT and Bailey and Oki and it, like all these guys. There's something so wonderfully gratifying about seeing a bunch of kids that you drafted uh, for the most part, you know, you bring in boy, Chuck and Letty, that's going to help, but um, you know, develop into what they're supposed to be right. To see the fruition and the fruits of the rebuild. 
I almost feel at times that Capuano is too close to these guys because he's been there the whole time. And there either seems to be punitive accountability in the case of DeHaan or no accountability in the case of, say, a Josh Bailey or, uh, you know, certain guys don't see limited ice time or even, you know, Matt Martin or or, or, Thomas, Hickey. or Thomas Hickey, you know, a, a recent example. There doesn't seem to be accountability there, guys. Is it possible? I'll throw it to you, Dom, first. Is it possible that Jack Capuano at this point is too close to these players? I I could definitely I could buy that theory the closeness uh, the kind of familiarity the the almost that they're almost too behind him like I think it's to his credit that after all they've been through they have not tuned him out yet uh, right but but it may be that there there's you know you know you like that fortress mentality within a, a franchise to a certain degree but then there's a certain point where you know you believe your own mantra too much. Uh, I, you know, I don't know about the accountability part just because I think that's a harder one to gauge. And I feel like sometimes the, the signs we get, what we think are, you know, punishings or non-punishings end up being something else. Um, to me, and which is more alarming really is that I, I think there are just some fundamental misreads in, in how he does handle the lineup. I mean, I I think he's done a lot of good things and I, I think, that they play up tempo and exciting, and those things are, are, you know, probably to his credit. But it's, you know, I, I can't put my finger on it. What he's overthinking, like, like the just to go back to the straight Dahan thing briefly. I yeah. mean, Dahan was Hamannick's partner as a regular through the, the first half of the season. Uh, you know, you, I, there wasn't a point this fall where I would dream that they would possibly play straight over Dahan for ten straight games or whatever yeah. it is. And but then all of a sudden, you know, I, I know he had that facial laceration. He came back for a couple games. They made him sit. He came back again. Now all this, I mean, it it just kind of boggles the mind. And I I don't know, you know, unless there is some kind of weird accountability voodoo thing going on with Dahan or trying to motivate a young kid. But you know, like you said, they haven't ever done that much with, you know, even in the past when Bailey or Hoso were scratched, it was for like a game or two games. Right. It was a big shocking thing. Uh, so, you know, I, I do think it's possible he's, he's kind of been in there. He's in too close. I'm not sure if it's the accountability part or if it's just, you know, he believes his own uh, own old school theories or, or, you know, thinks straight is some key penalty kill guy or something. You know, I, I, I don't know what it is exactly, but I've always been skeptical that he would take them all the way. And, and certainly lately you wonder if, you know, he can take them even far enough to to not have everybody calling for his head over the summer, right? Or what happened? Well, it, and 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 it really depends. I mean, if there's an early exit of some sort uh, from the playoffs after this season, I think they would they would potentially contemplate a change. Dan, do you think that that Jack Capuano is? I'm going to be really interested to see him in this playoff series, right? I I, I feel like he's got a lot to prove here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I wonder, you know, you bring up a good question about whether or not he's too close to the team. And when you wonder about his future, you kind of almost wonder if Garth Snow is too close to Jack Capuano. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and to be honest, I don't know. It's it's possible. I mean, you know, uh, like Dom said, you you wonder if there's something. And the Islanders are, are a historically tight-lipped organization from yes. top to bottom. 
I mean, even the players, like they don't ever say anything interesting. You know, I I was telling somebody a few weeks ago that Nick Letty is is great. He's like the worst interview. He, I never thought I'd see a worse interview than John Tavares, but Nick Letty makes Tavares sound like Muhammad Ali. Like he never says anything, so he fits right in with these guys. Right. And um, so you know, when you say like, well, Dahan, you know, we 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 want more fire out of him or whatever it is that Capuano was saying, could just be a total smokescreen for something else that's going on. And you know, players always want to play. So their answer is always going to be, well, I was in the lineup. Well, what do you expect them to say? So we don't yeah. really know, and, and we can't, you know, so it's hard for me to really answer, you know, if he's on the hot seat because there's so many, you know, things going on behind the scenes. I mean, behind with Islanders fans, he's been on the hot seat ever since they gave him the job because nobody wanted yeah. him. They, you know, they fired him. Yeah. They fired Scott Gordon because they lost whatever billion games in a row in November, and they brought in this Bridgeport guy, and all of a sudden they got hot. And, you know, they, they made it really interesting. That was the year Grabner went crazy, and Al Montoya was, you know, doing all kinds of wacky stuff too. And, you know, at the end of the season it was like, well, wait, this guy's still here? Oh, okay. And here and now it's like five years later, and so <laughs> they're stuck with the guy. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, the Islanders also are a team that likes to promote from within. So, you know, maybe this summer – Todd McClellan is a free agent, or whoever. Name name your coach who's going to get fired. I mean, shoot, Paul Julian might already be fired for all we know. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that are available, and even if they are, I don't necessarily think that the Islanders would reach out to those guys and bring one in. Um, so, but that that all things change. I mean, if God forbid, I mean, okay, we've avoided one doomsday scenario, but if the Islanders really, you know, lay a serious egg in the first round of the playoffs and just look like garbage and, and, you know, can barely get out of their own zone and get destroyed, you know, I think even Garth would have to think, oh, geez, you know, I'm friends with this guy, but you know, i got to do something here for the team and, you know, make a move. I don't know. I, I don't know. It would be interesting. But, I, you know, I, I was – I'm with Cal. Like, I was really nervous about even making the playoffs. <laughs> now that they're in, I'm, I'm hopeful. It's, it's amazing how, you know, manic or uh, what is, what is bipolar you can be. And now I'm almost hopeful that – they're sitting at home going, we got it. And then they just, you know, turn it on. And before you know it, we turn around and it's the Eastern Conference Finals and it's Islanders versus somebody. Whoever. So you never know. Well, that's, well, that's kind of that's how I was feeling about this because my, my frustration with them, and again, it's my perception because we're not, we're not in the locker room with them. We're not on the ice with them in practice. We don't know what's going through their head. But my perception was they took their, pe- their foot off the pedal at some point in the last six weeks. They had played so well through the first 60, 65 games. And that that Nashville game at the Coliseum in February that they won seemed like a real uh, marker in the season. Um, it felt like a really impressive win. Like, this, wow, this team is, is for real. It's the end of February, and they're still beating teams like this. From that point on, they went 7, 9, and 5. And then the other, then the other marker, because after that they did play well. They went out, you know, they went out to Dallas and and they went on a little road trip and they and they played pretty well. Then they had that Ranger game and they were in first place mm-hmm. going into the Ranger game and they played that they played their hearts out that game and they lost mm-hmm. on a fluke goal. But since that point, three seven and two. So my question yeah. is, because again, my perception of this was. They took their foot off the pedal, figuring they could cruise into the playoffs, and maybe thought they could just turn it on when they needed to. Now they're in the playoffs. 
Dan, you just said it. Are they going to be able to just turn it on and get back to that level of play? Or are they so far removed from it because it's been a month since they played that way that they're going to have a real hard time getting back into it? And, uh, Dom, let me, let me get your opinion on that. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's, that's possible. And, and it's funny, you know, I just I follow the league a lot, and I follow all these other teams because I'm trying to, like, see patterns and parallels and things and, and, and check whether my own, you know, fan insanity is, you know, just <laughs> lunacy and paranoia or if there's <laughs> something to it. And it just, you know, their season, I mean, when it comes down to it, how many different teams are, are just clinching this week um, how many of them are bunched together? It's it, it, in the grand scope of things. Had they gotten to this point total or clinched with two games left in any other trajectory, I, I think you know we'd be pretty thrilled. Uh, I mean, they were so consistent for the first 60 games, and it, 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 I do wonder if it's kind of like you know the guys who have been here forever and who've realized you know that started to realize what it takes to actually. To, to make a run and get into the playoffs and do all these things. And they were finally doing it. You know, they were avoiding the dreaded November slump and avoiding a, a horrible December swoon that makes, you know, New Year's just depressing. Uh, and, and, you know, I wondered, did they get through all that? And they got through the all-star break, and then it was kind of like, okay, this is who we are, and just lost a bit of that edge, that desperation. Um, and then, you know, the question is, yeah, can, can they turn it back on? Um I don't know. I think it. I think it has. It'll have to do with who they're matched up against, how they're played, and and also probably, you know, whether whether they make the uh, in series adjustments that that might you know come from from the staff itself rather than the players. Um, well, that, yeah, that, that I, I'm gonna let me let me jump in for a sec, Dom, because that brings up something that I wanted to to touch on, and 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 it goes back to Jack Capuano a little bit, but it also goes back to the coaching staff, and that is. And, and I and I think your points were completely uh, both you guys. I think you're absolutely on point. Cal and I actually had a very interesting text debate the other night when we were watching that uh, the the horror of the Philly loss. Um, in, in saying that, Ottawa seems more deserving of making the playoffs right now because of the way they're playing. So is it better to be like a middling 500 team for 50 games and then lights out for 32? And and really hit your stride, and all of a sudden you put together, you know, out of those last thirty, you know, sixty possible points, you get fifty of them or something ridiculous. After being sort of this middle of the road five hundred team for the first part of the year, or is it, you know, is it better to do what the Islanders did, which is storm out to ninety points, and they've gotten eight points in the last six weeks, you know, and and you feel like, wow, this team, I don't. Like from a fan perspective, and as you said, Dom, you check you know trends around the league and stuff. I know you follow the Blues very closely as well. Um, you know, you see other te- you see what the Penguins are going through. The Penguins are going through the exact same thing as us. You know, uh, most of theirs seems to be brought on by injuries, but still, I think they're three eight and two in their last uh, you know thirteen games. Is it which which is better? <laughs> you know, like. We were enjoying this rollicking, fantastic Islander season that, you know, I went to the Islander Ranger game when, they, when the Islanders won 4-1 to one with my brother. We, we were having a grand old time. You know, it was, it was glorious. We were sitting next to a bunch of loud, young, drunk Ranger fans, and we didn't even have to say anything. You know, not that I would. I'm a 40-year-old man. But the, the point is, like, it was wonderful. Everything was, it was, it was camp fun times. 
And now we're approaching the playoffs next week, which we thought were a foregone conclusion and not feeling great about the, the team at all because of the way they're playing, which is better. You know, is it better to be the Senators right now? You know, or, I mean, maybe the Senators are a bad example because they're scratching and clawing to get in, but they're playing their best hockey of the year over the last 25 games. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I think I, it, it's, a, it's funny because, first of all, talking about the Senators, like, I think one thing that kind of gets lost in all of the Islanders' problems that we, we focus on all the time, internal problems that they have, is that the Islanders were playing so well from October through March that it took franchise record winning streaks by the oh, yeah. Rangers, Capitals, and Senators to even get to the point where the Islanders were, had to sweat out a playoff spot. Absolutely. Like that's completely out of their control. <laughs> they have ninety-eight um, and, points. <laughs> yeah, you know. Any other year, they're they're already in the playoffs. I mean, if you go back, yeah. I I did it. I went and looked back at the last full <laughs> full couple of years. Ninety-eight mm. points a week ago would have had them yeah. comfortably in the playoffs. Comfortably. Yeah, and you know, and the, the the other funny thing too is you know when you talk about when what's it better to is it better to be hot at the end of the play at the end of the season or before or whatever. I mean, we we forget that this team was was this playing this way for the first half of, or more of the season, and you know, like you said, everything was was hunky dory for for six months, you know, and yeah. and it's it's such a what have you done for me lately? I mean, we're all like that. Like now, obviously, the Senators are a huge deal because they, you know they just beat everybody all the time, and the Rangers just went nuts too. I mean, they lost like seven games between. December and, you know, April or whatever it was. But, um, the you know, what the Islanders are doing, they said, I mean, this is one of their best records in the history of the franchise. And they were, you know, it started out hot, and everybody's like, oh, like, that's really cute. And they make it through November. I mean, they, didn't they lose one game in November? Isn't that something like that? Like, they, they yeah one of their best Novembers of all time. And I was like, oh, look at these guys. They're still here. And before you know it, it's, I mean, it was March, and they were, like, first in the conference, right? They were tied for first in the conference. So, you know, we shouldn't forget all of the, you know, like Dom said, as of yesterday, I think four teams or six teams had clinched. So, you know, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, when you look back at this season, you'll say, oh, well, the Islanders had, hopefully they had more than 98, and they win a couple of games, hopefully they end up with 104 points. And you go, wow, that that was really something. Wow, what a great season those guys had. Nobody's going to remember that they clinched. They had to sweat out a Panthers victory over the Bruins two days before the season ends to clinch the playoffs. Like, that's not really going to be something that people are going to remember. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it would have been awesome if they had been one of the first few teams to clinch, like the Canadians who have been sitting pretty this whole time, but they just weren't. And, and, you know, slumps are going to happen, and unfortunately it happened for them at a terrible time under some really kind of strange, weird circumstances and hopefully they can turn it on in the playoffs. But, you know, I think ultimately it's been a good season. It's been, oh, you know, yeah. this has no, been the no, kind no, of season no. that you wanted them to have. <laughs> Listen to us bitch about 98 points. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, you guys must see it on your site every day. Like, you, like, and these are lifelong. I mean, I've been watching this team since I was five years old in 1979. Like, this is, we, we've been waiting for a season like this for a long time. You know, but it just feels well. Let yeah. me let me turn it back to the question I had about coaching, because I want to take it back on uh, on the ice because you guys do such a good job at Lighthouse of talking about on ice stuff. Like a lot of times, Cal and I admittedly get caught up in the ancillary BS, 
of being a fan. Um, and it's part of the conversation. It definitely is. But there are on-ice things I want to uh, uh, and Cal and I want to talk about with this team heading into the playoffs. So they they can only potentially play, I think it's Washington, Montreal, Tampa Bay, and the Rangers. Right. Actual playoff foes. They can't play the Penguins. They can't play the Bruins. Um, and they can't play the Red Wings. So, and they can't play the Senators. Whoever makes it in that configuration. One of the things that always concerns me is, what do you guys think of Jack Capuano as an in-game coach? And I know that's a little broad. I, Dan or Dom, jump in, uh, one of you guys. I... I have my concerns about him as an actual in-game coach in a playoff game. Yeah, Dom is, I, is clearly the better guy to answer this, so I will defer to him. Okay. So, <laughs> I I think um, I think one of his strengths is is the emphasis and ability to get uh, you know the consistent approach, the the whole cliche you know play the way we need to play thing, which. Uh, a lot of coaches say, but you know, it comes out of his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It comes out of his mouth. His battle hot, <laughs> um, and and that can be that can be a, a benefit. Uh, and I think I think that's why they scared the hell out of the Penguins in 2013. Uh, you know, the, the, the people loved the Penguins. The people loved Dan Balsma. Uh, they didn't really have an answer for the Islanders at five on five. They had an answer for. Uh, Nabokov, and they had an answer on the power play. Um, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, the Islanders, you know, and Bilesma is considered a cerebral coach, and they did not have a response through six games. So, um, you know, does that mean Capuano knew what he was doing, or does that mean Bilesma, who's since been fired, um, was equally stubborn about the way they need to play? Um, so, you know, I I think his – I think he probably gets dinged more than he should for for lacking in-game adjustments. I think they they do do that more than people see. But but I think he sticks too much to the roll four line approach, too much to um, and not sort of that uh, that feel for the game that a lot of coaches have. Like a lot of coaches will will make adjustments, and sometimes it, it's sometimes it doesn't make rational sense to change a line up or to um, change a matchup in the middle of the game just because a guy had a couple bad shifts. You know, I mean, it, it, realistically, and anyone at their job would say, "Hey, will you please, you know, trust me for for uh, th- that? You know, over 16, 20 shifts a game, you know, there might be two bad ones." He doesn't seem to do that, and I think that might be part of that whole closeness we were talking about earlier, where he, he doesn't quite create the edge that they need sometimes, or, or create that that mix up early in a game when things aren't going right. Um, and, and as far as like versus those other candidates, I mean the Rangers are, could be a bad matchup because they're very good and very well coached. Uh, <laughs> the Canadians could be a tough matchup because they've had the Isles number, but really that's that's Carey Price. I mean, it, if a fan base is more distraught with its playoff team than the Islanders fan base is, then, yeah. then it's the Canadians yeah, yeah, talking true. about Tarion. You know, yeah. uh, Tampa Bay they, they've got. Uh, you know, probably a good coach, I think, in Cooper and, and a really good team. So it, I, I'm not sure because I think adjustments, the, the, the time you really see when coaches do them and pull them off is in these series where teams are playing each other game after game after game. Right. And we've only seen one example of that with Capuano. And d- depending on how you look at it, either he did fine or the coach he did it against, everybody, uh, you know, it, 
in retrospect, overrated because he, you know, he ended up getting canned and and sticking to his guns, which didn't work year after year. Although he also had a, a bad goalie often, but so I don't know. No, I, <laughs> well, I, mean, I, Thomas, I think he can't think, but so much saved, is, Thomas Vokun saved that series. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for Vokun, the Islanders win that series. There's, there's, if, if the I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind. In that series, they win the series. Yeah. Yeah. Which also goes back to how coaches or goalies make coaches look good. <laughs> yeah, basically. I remember reading a thing. Uh, speaking specifically about that that series, I remember reading a thing, and I think it was on Tensburg, which is the SB Nation Penguin site. It may not have been. I'm not sure, but it was it was almost from like Bizarro World because they were talking about how Jack Capuano had figured out how to beat the Penguins, and that's why the Islanders gave the Penguins such fits because he had figured out how to break their their zone entries or whatever it was. And I was reading it like. Wait, what? <laughs> like, really, Jack? Oh, all right. Well, good for him. Like, you know, happy? Seriously? So they drink you know, a lot I, of uh, icy light in the Steel City. They drink yeah. a lot of. That's drinking you know, and but, blogging right there. Don't drink and blog, yeah. everybody. So you know, that's like what like Tom was saying. You know, who 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 was responsible for all that? Was it right? You know, was it was it Catrano or was it you know, Flurry slash Bilesma slash whoever? And and you know, we can't really tell from where we are. What um, I'll I'll ask you, Dan. What what's mm-hmm. up with Oposo? What do you think is going on with Kyle Oposo? He's he's definitely seems a step behind since he's been back. Do you think he's just still trying to get back his legs after being out for so long? Do you think he's just not comfortable uh, with w- whatever line they're putting him on? Because he hasn't seemed comfortable on either line. Um, what what do you make of what's going on with Oposo? I I mean Kyle's I like Kyle a lot. Uh, I have his Lego figure at home, his little little Lego mini figure. That, seals, that figure. seals it. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely yeah, seals yeah. it. I think, and, that, um, <laughs> I think but, that means um, you're going he, steady. I don't even know yeah, if yeah. that's... Yeah, yeah. We like, have some <laughs> kind of relationship there. But um, he, he's he's always been kind of a streaky guy. Um, I don't... I don't... It's... You know, eye injuries are weird. I mean, usually, yeah. I thank God he came back. I mean, sometimes, especially in hockey, they're really debilitating. Um, I kind of almost feel like he came back a little early. And which is something kind of rare for the Islanders. They haven't really done that. I mean, you know, anytime a guy is suspected of having a concussion, they've kept him out for a good long while. I mean, Vesnovsky's missed a lot of time with, you know, head injuries, and, and Hamannick was out for a little bit longer than people would have wanted a couple of years ago, and now Grabowski. So you've got to be careful with that stuff, obviously. But I feel like Kyle may have come back a little too early, and I feel he may have been given, you know, that spot back um, maybe too quickly. Um, you know, they're good. That's a weird line, and I don't know if they've ever it's um, really gelled the way people kind of think they do. Like, those two guys, Tavares and Imposo, are good players, and they're going to find each other and, and make good plays. But I, didn't, I never really got the sense of the chemistry this year that I had, say, last year when Thomas Vanek was there, and those guys for two months were just a good point. You know, yeah. on fire. They couldn't yep. stop anybody. You know, nobody could stop them. This year when Imposo went out, uh, you saw Tavares work really well with Andres Lee and Bailey. And, you know, I don't know if they had necessarily chemistry either. They just sort of kind of found each other. And, you know, Bailey is a guy who drives people nuts. But he he's good at, you know, getting the puck into the zone and keeping it there sometimes when he's not turning it over. But, um, <laughs> you know, and Lee, oh, and Lee, of course, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Lee is that net front guy and, uh, you know, Tavares is Tavares. You know, Kyle, you know, Keith, again, our friend brought up a good point. Like, Kyle has the body type and, and the reputation of being the sort of big net front presence guy, but he's really not that guy. He's, no, never has been. You know, when he's, 
No, and when he's when he is streaky and he goes on those streaks where he's not scoring, he tends to stay on the outside and, and yep. you know take shots from from out there and not you know get in get in those greasy areas, the dirty areas, like like Cappy likes to say. Um, and I just you know maybe he's a little gun shy. I don't know. I just I feel like you know again like you said he's a step slow and I don't know how he gets that back. Apparently his conditioning was was good throughout that in his recovery period. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he'll find it again. You know, this this version of Kyle Poso, the one we've seen now for two seasons now, really emerged during that Penguins playoff season. Yes. That he had had a terrible fight. regular well, season. And the fight. The fight right, yeah, the Niskanen fight, yeah. He yeah had a that really was like a seminal moment for him, yeah. Right, and since that moment, he's been the Island, essentially the Islanders' top winger. That's his, that's his gig now, and he got it from that series, and he's kept it. Because he's been, he's remained productive this whole time. So again, maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe I'm just happy that they finally clinched and I can sleep now. But maybe he turns <laughs> it on, you know, starting next week and just you know gets right back to being Tyler Pusso of November, December, you know, when he was looking like he was going to have 30 goal season. Well, that's and that's what I'm, I'm thinking. And, and Dom, I want to get your opinion on this. We we're all kind of expecting now that they're in the playoffs that Pusso is going to now be. 2013 Penguin Series, Kyle Oposo, should we, should we manage our expectations a little bit, remembering that he he was out for a long time this year and he is still trying to get his legs back? Should we can we expect him to play at that level just because it's the playoffs now? Well, uh, Niskanen is a capital now, so <laughs> good, uh, good point. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow! All right, uh, symmetry, baby. There we go. Let's get these two. To, let's play the yeah. and get these two fighting in the first game because that changed everything. <laughs> so you know, I, yeah, I uh, he, you know, it's interesting hearing you guys talk about him. I, I, he seems like one of those guys who thinks too much or gets in his head too much. You know, he's yeah. had his. His ups and downs with the – I know there's been the, you know, kind of sports mental psychologist or whatever kind of help, which, you know, is he a guy that gets in his head too much, you know? Uh, and so then as a result, is he just in one of those funks right now because he, cause he lost the feel for it, after, you know, during the injury and he's not gotten it back? Or are the playoffs just just what he needs like last time, you know, where it's it's going to click for him? but. I, I do think that wild card is going to be one of the challenges they have to do uh, handle because if if he's not right, if he's not you know doing it in game one, game two, then you know do they demote him? Do they drop him down? They've, they've got a lot of other interesting uh, high end forwards they could promote uh, you know from lower in the lineup. Uh, and are they willing to do that, or are they going to you know write it out if he's still kind of in a funk for three, four games? Yeah, and full disclosure, I am. Uh, I I teased you about the Lego thing. I am a monstrous Kyle Oposo fan. <laughs> I, I have been since they drafted him. I, I it's I, uncomfortable. It is. It's a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. I would even hazard. <laughs> um, but I have a huge. I, I I love that kid. I I've loved him since they drafted yeah. him, and I've I've. You know, JT. We knew. Uh, had a pretty good feeling what John Tavares was going to be. Um, you know, you knew at some point he was going to be. I, I don't think any of us uh, expected him to be as good of a kid as he is, John Tavares, mm. as good of a, you know, uh, to ascend to the captaincy as quickly as he has. But John Tavares was John Tavares. People were, you know, mm-hmm. fighting to the yeah. podium mm-hmm. to go take him. Right. Kyle Oposo, 
has been a kid who they've stuck with, and he was a first-round draft choice, of course, but I love that they stuck with him, and I loved seeing him come into his own over these last few seasons, since basically since that fight. Um, and, and, and I feel he's a tremendously... Uh, I think he's been an underrated player. Uh, I was super pissed when he didn't make uh, the U.S. Olympic team. Um, yeah. But, but that said... And, and I want to shift us here real quick, and, and thank you guys for taking the time, um, and shift us here real quick into just some keys for this team moving forward uh, in the playoffs, some on-ice keys. Obviously, Kyle Post was a huge one. Um, I want to get your guys' opinion real quick of the goaltender. Uh, Brian and I uh, have... we've. <laughs> You know, you read a lot about uh, Halak. You, you've read about his past stops, what kind of mentality he has. So much of being a goaltender in this league and being an elite one is mental. Um, you know, you spoke, you just spoke about that, Dom, and I, I really do think it's true. You have to have, you know, one part baseball closer and have a short memory, and and you have to have another part of, like, being just like a maniac like Billy Smith and just want, like, pucks to hit you nonstop and... You just you have to be a little bit of a crazy person to be a goaltender in the NHL, yeah. and and I love that. So where, how crazy do we think Yarolak is? No, really. You know, it's honestly, really funny how, when how I do watch we feel the All Star Game. Yeah. Um, he I, we you know he went he just he was a, sort of a late a late, late minute addition, and you know we didn't really know it's it, Halak is a lot like Nabokov in that they play these guys play in the Western Conference a lot. And we just don't know about their personality. So here I'm watching. I love the, the all-star draft thing because I love seeing the guys that have been interacting with themselves in the green room before they get picked. And Tavares was sitting with Ovechkin, who, of course, was, you know, the, the king of the room, taking pictures and selfies and stuff like that. And Phil Kessel and Halak. And at this point, I still didn't, we didn't really know what, what Yarrow's personality was. He's, a, he's apparently like a really outgoing Funny dude, and he was talking and, and was vocal, and I don't know if he, you know, Vetsky and I guess, well, I guess we know each other, they were teammates for a little while, a while ago, and, uh, you know, they were all having fun because, and I was a little surprised because when I look at Halak, I mean, I just, I see this guy who looks like he's crazy. I mean, A, he's a goalie, which I agree with you, <laughs> means you're crazy, but he's got, like, you know, the shaped, the shaped head and this, like, sort of thousand-yard stare <laughs> sometimes, and I just, I to me, I always tell my wife, like, he looks like, He's a serial killer, but apparently he's like a really cool, laid-back dude that just likes talking and hanging out, and the guys like him. So I don't know. I mean, Dom has mentioned you know, that he's good at putting terrible you know, games behind him. I hope so because he's going to have to be. But, you know, like Oposo, he's another guy. A lot of the, has a history of being pretty good in the playoffs. So, you know, they've got, you know, that's another, another hope you, thing you hope sort of takes care of itself. And You know, you know. I'm sorry. What, what, no, I was just going to say, I just hope tonight was a reset button for the team, and they kind of like gather up tomorrow and go, okay, new season, let's do this, and they just go about their business. Dan, I think I think it was because I think that they've been so focused on the playoffs all season that that's the only thing that they've they've been thinking about. And it, it might have gotten in their heads a little bit as, as they were coming down the stretch here, but now that they're in, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I think that they're going to refocus. Um, but just real quick, going back on Halak, one of the things that struck me the other night, um, in if I'm rem- if I'm even remembering this correctly, because I I can't guarantee that I'm. Oh, it's all you blacked out there for a little 
event that I'm going <laughs> to tell the story right, um, was the way to a man, everybody on this team came to his defense after yeah. he let up that goal. Yeah. And it really, yeah. it said a lot to me about how this team feels about him and how much support he has from everybody else. So that, that, I thought that was pretty important. Yeah, and, and, and that's, I think that's vital. You have to be able to surround guys uh, or have the guys surround the goaltender. It's a complete, you know, th- this team has had that focus all year. Dom, you said it and you were spot on, man. You know, Capuano, even like I think it was like a week ago or, or maybe 10 days ago after a loss was, you know, basically saying we've had the same focus and the same goal all year. And those guys in that room know what that goal is, and we're still on track for it. And I took that to be, you know, the playoffs. That's it. They want to make the playoffs. And I think they surprised themselves a little bit with how good they were. I really do. I, I really yeah. think it, it – I, I don't think they expected to struggle to make the playoffs like they did in 13 and, and have to make it at the end. But I think, you know, sitting atop the division and the conference – you know, in January, I think was a little out of their expectation and out of their league. And I think during this, he went back to that really uh, uh, inward looking focus and like the guys in that locker room, they know what they're talking about. We're going to do what we do. You know, I suddenly turned into, (laughs) I suddenly turned into, uh, what's his name from uh, Miracle? Sorry about that. Um, But anyway, I think this could be a reset button. But, Dom, I would ask you, we know that the goaltender is probably the most important guy in a playoff series. Uh, We know that a hot goaltender can take you very, very far. Um, It can take a bad team, you know, or not a great team far in the playoffs. It can take a good team really far in the playoffs. And I think this Islander team is a good team. Is Yarrow Halak in your estimation, good enough to get that hot? Yeah, I, I, wonder, uh, I wonder if he is. I think he's a good goalie. I, I don't know if he still has that kind of 2010 run in him. Uh, right. One of the things when, when the Isles got him, because um, I remember this from when he was in St. Louis, is he's not a bigger goalie. And when they, they made a couple more equipment um, restrictions, after, right. since that season and he was one of the guys who suffered from it because he wasn't big enough for you know they kind of made it some of the the size restrictions proportional to your your you know body measurements and all that and it i wonder if that took away a couple a couple little percentage points from his game where you know he's not going to be a, a hot super guy uh for the playoffs but at the same time like even when he was doing that in montreal his biggest benefit or his biggest strength is that consistent sound calm approach and and you know there's talk about whether you know players believe in advanced stats and sort of do the the super rational analytic stuff uh and i think the last domain of that is going to be how players think about their goalies because i don't think players are rational about goalies whatsoever and all that mental stuff and that body language and how, you know, if the guy is crazy in the crease, like swimming all over, giving up, like I think that has an effect on teams in those tight, tense situations, you know. I mean, hockey is such a battle of wills, and one of the things that can most quickly deflate guys is, you know, that feeling that, that, you know, flurry. Basically, Halak is the anti-Di Pietro. Yeah, yeah, I I really think he is. 
Yeah. He was always swimming. Be and careful here. And going crazy. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, Rick had some seasons where he he was on, and but you know, yeah. he, he was definitely like a he was a you know uh, a reflex he, guy. He's legs he, flying, yeah. arms flying. He's sliding out to God knows where, all over the place. And Nabokov had a little bit of that too. But Halak isn't like that. Halak is. Yeah. I mean, he barely moves an inch. You know, the only time he comes out of the the creases to play the puck, and that's where you get worried. But yeah, you no. Know, yeah. When making and saves, he's barely more than, you know, two feet in front of the crease. And, you know, me personally, I like guys like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I you can count on one hand how many how many times he's been, you know, swimming on his belly outside the yeah, crease no, when the goal goes in or yeah. something. Right. No, you made it, and, and you brought up a great, great point, Dom, that I don't think is talked about enough, or at least I haven't seen it talked about enough. And Cal and I have actually discussed this, and that is, Goaltender demeanor and body language is huge. Like, I remember, you know, watching Kevin Poulin in a game and, like, seeing Poulin literally swimming in the crease. Literally. Like, like drowning in the crease. And he would give up a goal and, you'd, and, and you could see, you know, Travis Hamannick just be like, God, you've got to be kidding me. You know, like, and they don't want to throw their guy under the bus. But you can tell when, a, when, the, when, especially D guys, when they don't have confidence that their goaltender is going to bail them out when they make a mistake or they don't have confidence that uh you know when they need a big save or a momentum changing save that that guy is going to make it or if he gives up a crap goal that's the end of the night you know like that right. that's it he might as well just give up seven crap goals because he's you know like that's it he's shot you know, you, yeah, and why you am I busting my tail in front? That's right. You know, of this guy. You know, <laughs> that's right. You have to have that as a goal. Like I, you know, like I said before, I think it's that closer mentality where if you give up the tying run, you know, and, and you blow a save, you still got to get out of the inning. You know, yeah. and you still you can't you know slump down on the mound, and you can't you know you can't let your team see that you've been beaten. You got to put it. I. I I'm fascinated by Halak because I think there haven't been a ton of games he's stolen for them this year. I agree. But he hasn't needed to. There's almost like a, a yeah. conservation of movement, like when he makes a save. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, he, I mean, he's not All swelling. last year we were saying, well, they just had uh, league average goaltending. They'd yep. be a playoff team. And yep. this year they he's pretty much given them league average goaltending. And we've been like, no, you got to be better. you got to be better than that. This is terrible. Right. Yeah, you can't. But it's it's funny too because he. I mean, we all forgot apparently that he won like eleven straight games. Yeah. <laughs> and has won, the, has won the most yeah. games ever for an Islander goaltender. Right. Yeah. Ever in a and season. He, this is if, a team that has had the best money goaltender in the history of the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, arguably, yeah. and he won the most games in the regular season, right. like handily. If, uh, if he gets a shutout in the next two, and of course now that I was just jinxed him, he won't. But if right. he gets a shutout Good in the job. next two games. He'll, he'll have tied the team record for that, too. Like, yeah. you know, so it's – I agree with you. Like, he hasn't had to steal a lot of games. He, he definitely stole that one against the Devils where the Islanders yes. just did yep. a lot of yeah. their period he's, and they – He's done it a few, yeah. Yeah. He's done it a few, but you, you – you you know, there were nights where DP is a great example where DP at the height of his powers before he hurt himself in this stupid All-Star game, um, <laughs> you know, where he literally – was the best player on the ice and saved a game for a bad team and mm. was the reason they won. Halak hasn't had to do that very much. Guys, mm. we, we, we've held you on for a long time, but we have to do this. We have to do this. And that is, 
you guys deal with it all the time on your site. Lines. Let's talk lines. <laughs> I want to get your I cuz this is your opportunity to do it. You guys don't get we to write it, in to your site. We call it rosturbation at the site. So oh, I love rosturbation. <laughs> I have been rosturbating quite a Who bit. Doesn't? Yeah, quite quite a bit. Uh that's boy, I may have a problem. Um <laughs> I, I want to start with, and, and what kind of uh, parameters should we put on this guy? Should we say, what lines do we want to see game one of the playoff series? I know, is depends it depends on who they play. I was going to say, is it dependent for you guys on who they play, or is there just basically like a playoff lineup you'd like to see? Go ahead, Don. It's a, <laughs> uh, yeah, playoff lineup for me, I you know, I, I think just, Get your strongest group out there, please, and uh, <laughs> let them do their thing. Well, and this um, is yeah, Nielsen. I, this is saying Nielsen and Martin are back. Let's say well, yeah, Nielsen and Martin are back. You you have all those forwards at your disposal. What lines would you like to see run out there? Go ahead, go for it. Roster bait, right here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, you know, I'd probably put Anders Lee back with uh, Tavares there, um, okay. and and try Oposo out there first to start that as one trio. Okay. Um, I would have Grabner and Nielsen together, even though you know it hasn't happened in ages. But uh, uh, I would want that combo. You know, if they put Bailey on there as a sort of you know full defensive conscience, uh, that's fine. Um, and then. Uh, you know, in this scenario, Ryan Strom is third is on a you know quote third line, but he's getting lots of power play and PK time. I'd want him on the PK. I'd want Grabner on the PK. Right. Um, and then you know, I I know I've left some guys out there, but it, there's no way they're going to fit Martin. But uh, you know, a fourth no. line of like Sezikis, McDonald, and Kennedy or something, or or, or, or Clutterbuck with one of the like. The, to me, that is a much more dangerous fourth line that still, you know, battles hard and, and uh, <laughs> does the body and, and gets stuff done. But uh, I, I just, you know, I, I, and I, I appreciate what Martin brings to the team overall and especially through a long season and all that. But he's just, he's not as mobile. He's not as defensively astute. And uh, he is more likely to get hemmed in. And now they have some kind of redundancies of other guys who, quote, you know, can do the smart things of, of, of chipping it out in, in desperate situations and stuff. So, I mean, in that sense, that's my ideal that I know won't happen. Uh, and the defense should be the, the same six that they, they had for much of the year that they haven't been using lately. Right, right. Inexplicably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, go ahead. Um, yeah, well, I mean, again, with the D, I, don't, I think the we all know the the, the best lineup for it. Uh, you know, the um Hamannik Dehan, Boychuk Letty, uh Vishnowski Hickey and just be done with it. Just move on. Um you know, I am assuming uh, day, assuming sir. that the fourth line is the same again, you know, like like Tom said, I, I you know, I kinda wish that they, you know, would sort of look at that line as something other than Martin Sezikis somebody. But um, you know, I think that they've you know, Elliot Friedman had a thing in his 30 thoughts a while back speculating that teams are really looking at that line as a potential problem for them in the playoffs. 
Pulse, and and you know, yeah. it, I'm willing to give them a shot. And maybe they, you know, every year we watch the playoffs, and every year, you know, NBC focuses on something and makes a big story out of it. And you know, maybe that's this. They, they can do that this year. And I feel like they, you know, like we were saying before, maybe they were waiting for this moment to do that. I don't know. That being said, I mean, if it was up to me, I would probably sit Martin and go Sezikis, Clutterbuck, uh, and um, Kennedy uh, on that line. You know, um, we don't like to put guys we like on the fourth line, but Ryan Strome and Brock Nelson have played there too this year and have shown that they can do those things too. They can keep, you know, keep protect the puck, hit people when they have to, obviously chip in with goals. So I don't think that that would be the worst thing either. Um, Front line for me, I kind of liked the Tavares Bailey Lee line, and I probably would have kept it that way. Um, I would love to see uh, Nielsen Grabner and Oposo back together, who were dynamite a couple of years ago. I don't know if they can recapture it. It was kind of a long time ago, but I think those guys can probably work uh, as as a unit together. Um, you know, and that leaves who Strom, uh, I guess Nelson and Kuhlman. Or Neil, yeah, no, and Kuhlman, who I think yeah. we feel has been an underrated addition this year. That guy is just—he's a, a bulldog. He doesn't—he doesn't let you go. He's—he's <laughs> he's all. He's been place. great. He's been great. He's been great. He great really havoc, has. especially lately. Yeah, and he's great on the PK. He's very aggressive on the PK, so he's a good guy to have out there too. You know, it's kind of sad, but not having Grabowski makes these decisions a little bit easier. And if he was out there, you know, I don't know, somebody's going to get set who's who's pretty good, and that's yeah. a problem. That's, you know, and given the way the last month has gone, I mean, who the hell even knows who who it's been? And you're not you're not going to like it. Let's put it that way. Somebody's going to say yeah. you're not going to like it. Uh, yeah. Unless it's and uh, like right. It. But, <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. You know, I, I it's I don't know. And this is why I hope, and I and I'm I'm really hoping that you know something along those lines, the best lineup will will take the ice for the first game of the playoffs, whenever it is, um, because I just don't know. And this has been the nightmare, you know, for a lot of us. Well, will Jack's got the horses now. Will he utilize them? So right. far, yeah, uh, you know, I can't really say for sure that he has. So. Right. And Cal, let's have it. You want mine, too? Let's let's get crazy. All right. So I, I really do like um, Strom and Tavares together on that top line. So do I. I think there's a, there's a there's an interesting dynamic there. So if I'm if I'm if I'm roster baiting, I would put Tavares, Strom, and um, Anders Lee on the top line. Okay. Right. I like that. Um, I want to get those. I want to get the band back together for the second line. I want to put uh, Nielsen, Oposo, and Bailey together on that second line. I li- I, I want to try to recreate what they did two years ago. Then I like. Um, uh, Nelson, Kuhlman, and Grabner on a third line. I think I think it's important to get Grabner in there for the playoffs. Um, the fourth line, and Dami said it, there's a lot of redundancy. I'm not a huge fan of what Clutterbuck's been doing lately. So I would actually sit Clutterbuck, play Martin, and go Martin, Tzizekas, and Kennedy. I feel like it's really important to get Kennedy in the lineup in the playoffs because he's so playoff tested, and I think he he can offer a lot in a in a playoff series. And then, of course, on defense, we all agree. The the six that 
that yeah. should be playing. And you don't know. Maybe maybe I want Matt Donovan. You don't know. <laughs> oh. That would be just like you. That you would want be. Matt Donovan. It would be just like me. I don't. I um. I I uh, let me. I I agree, Cal. I like Stroman Tavares on the top line. I really do. I'm sort of feeling greedy about it. Um, I think it's a good playoff top line, but I like Kulam in there. I like keeping Kulam in there because I like the defensive responsibility that he provides on that line, um, and I you know I like his his possession ability in the, in the offensive zone. I I just like the way that line clicks. Um, so I'm going Tavares. Strom, Kuhlman, line one. I'm with you guys. Let's get the band. Let's get the knob line back together. Um, and and Bailey Nielsen and Oki. Uh, I love that as a second line. I think those guys complement each other really, really well. Um, and I think those two guys make a poso skate. And I think that's really important. That's why he's, to me, he's got to be on a line with uh, you know somebody like uh, Nielsen uh, or a high possession guy like Nielsen or Bailey or He's got to be on a line with, like, Grabner. He's got to be on a line with somebody that makes him skate and makes him move. Um, so I'm doing the knob line for the second. Third line, I'm going uh, Lee, Nelson, and Gra- and Grabner. Um, and then the fourth line, you know, I, I, I like that. I like MC squared. I do. I, 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 I'm weak. I'm just a weak person. <laughs> the best fourth line in the history of hockey, according to none other than Don Cherry. So it, 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 and, and if and if it's okay for Terry, you know yeah. it's got to be okay for me. No, I, I, I like that line in game one. I like that line in game one. I want to see what it does in game one. It does though, and and guys, we sort of ignored this, and I apologize for that. It does sort of depend on who they play, mm-hmm. because I think playing a team. Like the Canadians, uh, the Canadian yeah. is is going yeah. to be different than yeah. than playing the Caps. You know, it's it, 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 where I, where I might want Kennedy uh, over uh, Grabner. You know, I mean, I, it's, God, it's so tough to sit Grabner. I think something's wrong with him, guys. I really do. I, I, I don't do know wonder, if he's physically yeah. if he's physically really ever recovered from the sports hernia surgery because. There's no good reason for him not to be in the lineup. There's really not. But you said it. His his ice time has diminished even you know year by year. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe he did something to Jack. Who knows? Um, I, I, it's, it's a mystery. <laughs> it, it it really is. But but the bottom line is, I think what we all want to see, guys, is what we feel, and we've been harping on this. The best twelve forwards out there, and the best. You know, like, give me the top 12 forwards that are available to you, <laughs> you know, uh, and I don't I don't feel like that's always been the case uh, for for Capuano of late. And it seems like he hasn't really taken a lot of these games, quote unquote, seriously when you're playing Eric Bolton. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know, like. We the one game I, I I was you know oh good for him he's playing what was it the, the game against the Devils right I think yeah. he played that yeah. one and I was yeah. like oh well good for him and then when you see him in the next game you're like wait a minute yeah what's happening here let's not do, <laughs> let's not do this again yeah. and to play to play him three games in a row is just ridiculous yeah. it's ridiculous yeah. it's, the same, this, it's the same with straight when they put him back in the lineup it was like oh well yeah right. I haven't played in a while and you know give somebody a break yeah. that's fine and then twenty games later you're like. What the hell is going on? Why is this happening? And why is he playing with Hamannick? Yeah. 
What is going yeah. on here? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you guys, there are times, there have been times in these last number of games where Travis Hamannick has literally looked at him after a goal and been like, are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Are you, are you a pylon? Come on, move. Move your feet. Um, <laughs> guys, uh, Cal, you have anything else? Oh, one, one more thing I wanted to ask you, Dan, because we asked Dom this the first time he was on the show, um, and, and we like to do this. Uh, is a little bit real quick of your origin story uh, becoming an Islander fan. Did you have you been rooting since you were a young guy? Why did you? How did you come to root for the Islanders? Um, it's just um, my uh, my dad used to work with uh, guys who uh, would give him tickets. I'm from Long Island. I'm from Seaford, and uh, All right. 20 minutes from the Coliseum. I mean, everywhere on Long Island, in Nassau County, is 20 minutes from Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> and uh, he would just get these tickets from guys at work and. I'm I'm the youngest in my family, the only boy, and, you know, we just were like, hey, let's go to this game. And I didn't know what to expect, and we went, and we just had a good time. And I, my dad's from Italy, and, and he didn't we, – we are – I love him dearly, but we're two totally very different people. He grew up in World <laughs> War II Italy, and I grew up in, in 1980s Long Island, so you could not imagine two separate <laughs> Close. Worlds. Very similar. Yeah, very similar. And, the, <laughs> and the, you know, a couple of things we – we enjoy doing watching sports. I mean, we watched the Giants win a couple of Super Bowls, and we watched the Mets win a World Series, and we went to a lot of Islanders games. We also watched a lot of wrestling because when he came here and he couldn't speak English, wrestling sure. was one of the few things he liked to watch on TV. And at the time, you know, the champion of the world was a guy named Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino. Or, yep. From yep. Abruzzi, where he's from. So we yep. ended up, we actually, we probably ended up going to more wrestling events at the Coliseum than the hockey games. But that <laughs> just sort of got the hooks in. And, you know, back then, I keep telling people this. I don't know if it sinks in, but, you know, back then there was a lot of real pride with the island. Like, it was a real sense of this is our team, and this is oh, yeah. a thing that every, everybody talked about them. Everybody knew these guys. Like, you knew Bob Nystrom's mechanic. You know, you knew where Clark Gillies, you know, bought <laughs> yep. groceries. Like, that was just the, the thing that happened, and, and they were such a part of the community. Um, and, you know, through high school and stuff, and college I went and used to get the student discounts and go all the time with my friends and because it was just about as pricey as the movie was at the time, but they stuck. <laughs> they were terrible. And yeah. you kind of see, you know, the interest dwindling, dwindling, dwindling down. And uh, I think the best game I've ever been to there was, uh, I wasn't at the Sean Bates game, but I was at game three, which was the first, you know, playoff game there, that series. It was the first playoff game at the Coliseum in whatever it was, seven or eight years. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was super loud, through the entire game, there was no low, and I think they won like six to three or six two or something like that. And Michael Pekka had a couple of goals, and it was just a, it was just this consistent loud energy throughout the entire place, and it was just amazing. And uh, you know, we've I've suffered like all of us. We've suffered through a lot of garbage, <laughs> a lot of you know the Mike Milbury era, the Spano era. I was there. I was an intern there during the the Milstein Gluckstein era. Oh and, wow! You know, yeah, and people asking me, hey, are they going to move? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I hope not because I'm an intern there, and I really would like to keep my <laughs> free job. But gotta um, get, i got to get these credits. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, I, I it's funny. You know, Bill Simmons, I think, has said, uh, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I, he said, you know, you don't pick the team, the team picks you. And I feel that way with the Islanders. I could not imagine rooting for another team. I really can't. I just yep. I could not imagine – it's just there's something, and I, I, we all think about it. There's something in that in our personalities that draws us to this team, good or bad. You know, it's, you see something in it that pulls you in, and that's why we're all still here. You know, and it's, it hasn't always been fun, but 
you know, I'm in now. I'm not getting out now. It's too late. I'm, I'm no. 40 years old next year, so it's too late. It's, it's, uh, it's the, yeah, it's the so. mafia. Yeah, it's the mafia at this point. Like, there's there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no leaving. Yeah. It's funny because right. we said, it's so funny to hear you say that because we, Cal and I uh, both grew up on Long Island as well uh, in Comac, and um, we talked a lot about, and we're both 40 years old. Cal's actually uh, 41. <laughs> uh, tra- yeah. Trade secret. It's out there. Um <laughs> And we talked a, a little while back. We had this long discussion on 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 the show about them going to Brooklyn and and um, what that meant and and uh, um, and likened the Islanders and and maybe Dan, you know, this is along the lines of what you're saying. The Islanders are really a unique sports franchise right now um, in professional sports in that they don't belong to a city; they belong to a suburban community. And there's really not much like them in professional sports. Um, they're the Brooklyn Dodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my grandmother grew up rooting for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and then she became a Mets fan, which is why I'm a Mets fan, so thank you. Um, <laughs> but she used to talk about, you know, seeing Gil Hodges at the hardware store. Or, you know, like, <laughs> you know, these guys were in the right. community. They lived there. So you didn't just go to the ballpark and watch them. Then you saw them at Pathmark later. Well, we saw them at Pathmark later after they won a game. You know, or you saw them at the Bonwit, you know, when you were getting dinner. Um, And and they're really wholly unique. And I think there's um, a sort of intrinsic love or or there's, there's something sort of woven in there with the Islanders. That's, look, I love the Mets. I love the Jets. Um, it's different with the Islanders. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's just a little different because they're ours. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're they're. I grew up on Long Island, and they were winning four straight Stanley Cups, and they were the one of the greatest teams in the history of the sport. And they're ours. And I, you know, it, so it's it's great to hear that kind of story. Can you remember your first game? No. <laughs> No, I don't. But I, I do. Uh, I have no idea who won or what the score was or who they played. I think it was against the Flyers, but I'm not sure because I remember being really scared. And I remember uh, a lot of people wearing orange. At least one of those games I went to was against the Flyers um, <laughs> because there was fights going on in the stands. It was a different time. I mean, there was oh yeah fights in the stands. A lot of a lot of more drunk people. But the the one thing I remember back then was La Fontaine. Pat La Fontaine was the 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 big star back then and sure. everybody was talking about him. Everybody had his jersey. He was the guy and this was sort of like, so it must have been mid, mid to late eighties when you know the dynasty guys were sort of getting phased out and the new guys were getting phased in. I also remember a guy being mad that Mike Bossy missed a goal. Like he must have missed an open net or had an open look at a goal and missed it. And he was really mad and he was like cursing at Bossy. And I remember <laughs> years later I remember that and being like are you kidding me? How yeah, dare you? How dare those, you? Yeah, like how, how many goals did that guy have at that? He probably had you know four hundred fifty goals at that point at least, right? Uh, not more. And, and this guy was really super mad that that Bossy missed this open look at a, at a goal. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is a community thing, and it's you know it's, I always you know and it kind of bums me out sometimes when I I feel like the Islander case forgotten a little bit. You know, even now, like everybody's talking about the Bruins collapsing and play, Penguins missing the playoffs, and the Kings, oh my God, missing the playoffs. And I'm almost like, hey, guys, over here, like, these guys might miss the playoffs, too. <laughs> Nobody's talking about this. Nobody, everybody just assumes that they're going to be in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Why would you do that? But right. it is, it's such a small group, you know. I mean, 
it's it's so funny that you know I I found this website run by this guy from St. Louis of all places who's an right. Islanders. How is that yeah. possible? It's just this small. You start with a small community, and there are these other small pockets of people. And we get we get visitors from all over the place. That yeah. I, mean, I met a guy. Um, I was at the the Minnesota Wild, the game against the Wild the other day, uh, and uh, I met a guy who's a reader of the site, Chad. He follows me on Twitter, and uh, he's from North Dakota, and it was his first time ever there at the Coliseum. And he's the guy. I like, yeah, I was like, how did you how did you become an Islanders fan? He's like 1993. Just made me a fan just watching. So that's the thing. It's just you come to this team. You come to it. It's like a community. You you come to it and. It's it's a tough it's a tough job, man. Let me tell you, it's not easy. But it yeah. is. It's such a small group of you know. I mean, there are people that can you know root for. I mean, the Kings have picked up by a billion fans across the world mm-hmm. the last three seasons because hey, they're good and they're from L.A. and you know it's fun to wear this cool L.A. jersey and and be part of this huge thing that's going on. But and if you're an Islanders fan, you are part of a very very small elite group of people that, <laughs> that have gone through a lot, you know. And uh, and you know it, it makes it a special thing. And I don't think any of that changes when they move to Brooklyn. I think they stay same sort of small, you know, cut tight, close knit operation that they were before. And not, I don't think it's going to draw a whole lot of people that all of a sudden think that you know they're cool. Maybe they will. I don't know. But I don't. I don't think it will. I think it'll still be a very a very close thing, and, and, you know, people will, when you see another guy with an Islanders jersey, you see another girl with an Islanders jersey, you kind of give thumbs up and it's like, yeah, we, we're, we're doing right. this. We're part of this small group. We're, we're, we're on the inside. It's all right. Yeah, basically. Exactly. All right, guys, uh, thank you so much. for the th- Cal, should we ask the throwback jersey question real quick? Go ahead. Okay. We've been doing this. We've been doing this show for five and a half years, so every once in a while we come up with something to entertain ourselves. This is our 228th show. Um, and one of the things one of the things we've been doing uh, we started last week was <laughs> just randomly throwing it at each other just to stump each other. Um, is if you could have one throwback jersey for the Islanders, pro, you know, real jersey, what throwback jersey? Only one. Uh, what throwback jersey are you getting? So it has to be pre. What did we say? Was there a year limit, Cal? Or I, well, if we're going to talk Islanders, let's talk pre-Tavares era. Pre-Tavares era. Okay, that's fine. So you could get an Eric Fischel if you wanted to. Like you could be that guy. <laughs> um, but we don't recommend it. Um, so, so Dom, we'll start with you. One throwback, Islanders. Ooh. Um, the three hundred and fifty version. Keep- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's sad how often I've thought about this and changed my mind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'd, it'd probably be a, a Tanelli, oh, home white, early eighties, just gorgeous. You know, just feels like feels right and feels like it embodies the most of all the cool parts that I like about uh, the Islanders' past and present. And see, you're going right in the corner, Dom. You're going right in the corner. You're coming <laughs> exactly. out with the puck. I love it. So you're getting the Islander home white 27 Tonelli. Okay, Dan. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I have. He's my favorite player to this day, and I just talked about him. And I have never owned a Lafontaine Islanders jersey, and I'm so mad because a few years ago they made those vintage Islanders jerseys from that era, and right. I put it off and put it off and put it off and buying one and within I guess a year or two they just stopped manufacturing and they're gone. 
So I, <laughs> I mean, if I want to buy a Palo Fontaine Islander jersey, I'm probably going to win one at an auction or something, you know, or uh, that's autographed. But he, he's the guy I would go for. I just I feel like it's, you know, if, if the Islanders are a small elite group, that post-dynasty era, you know, after the Cups and before the, you know, collapse or whatever, uh, is, um, you know, just sort of a weird time for the team where they were still sort of good, but not quite. And he was just the best. And, you know, I could watch yeah. videos of that guy go down the rabbit hole, the Palo Fontaine rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be and we'll be in five overtimes before it's before yeah. it's finished. Uh, and uh, and if, I, you, if I couldn't get a jersey, I would get a uh, a satin uh, jacket like Al Arbor used to wear with snaps, <laughs> like the old starter style jacket. I always oh, wanted one of those yeah. too, but maybe one oh, of those days I'll get that. But magnificent! Yeah. We will absolutely <laughs> yeah. allow that in the throwback discussion. The snap up the snap up satin yeah. jacket. Oh, yeah, that is hot as yeah. hell. Oh, that's yeah. super hot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great, Cal. What? Uh, what? Uh, we didn't uh, do the Islanders. What do you got? Oh, and and what? Uh, what uh, are you going home white or? Because uh, that era they were would, still wearing the white at home. I would probably go home white on Lafontaine. I have okay. a road jersey ready, but I would probably go with the white on that. Very fair, Cal. <laughs> I owned a home white bossy jersey. Yes, when I remember. I was this. I remember eight or this. nine, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I probably go back and get the road blue one. The road blue bossy. Yeah, he was my favorite player. Circa, circa eighty one, eighty two. Circa. You want the you want the North Stars five. You want the North Stars cup. You want the Canucks cup. What I'll do you want? Well, eighty three, eighty four. I'll take the Oilers cup. The Oilers cup. Yeah, that's hot action. I actually have the one I would want. I actually have it. My my uh, future wife, now wife, then girlfriend, my wife, um, got me. The first gift she ever got me was a um, authentic, vintage Billy Smith blue, um, road blue jersey, and uh, I love it so much. I, I really do. I can't. I can't even describe how much I love that jersey. <laughs> Billy Smith was was my favorite Islander of all time, and uh, but he's he's got good company. There are other guys I would think about getting just to be. You know, like a flatly or something like that. But um, all right, guys, thank you so much for the time. LighthouseHockey.com, it is the place to be. Please, if they make a deep run in the playoffs, uh, please let them make a deep run in the playoffs. And um, <laughs> and you guys come back and uh, and talk to us. But really, keep up the great work on the site. Uh, we both read you guys every day. And uh, thanks so much for the time, guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot. This is fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Great. All right, thanks. Uh, that's uh, Dominic Kansky <laughs> and Dan Saracini uh, from LighthouseHockey.com. Uh, I think we did it there, Cal. What do you think? Sure, sure, we did it. Do you feel better? We did it. Well, I can breathe, so that's that's something. You have to feel better after having that conversation. Um. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for helping me. <laughs> this was the mood you ring has gone from black to a pale green. <laughs> right? <laughs> you realize I organized this whole island around. This was like table. an intervention almost. This was an intervention. Yeah. This was absolutely an intervention. Dom and Dan had gotten pamphlets about what to expect. <laughs> they played their roles to perfection. They really did. It was great. Um, that was. Uh, I feel. I feel better. I do. I feel better about this team. Is they hit on a number of key things for the organization. 
organization. All right. Um, you want to talk about the Mets real quick? Yeah, let's just go to the fun load. Nothing to say about the Mets. Well, there's, there's a lot to say, but I, I don't know if we can do it real quick. You want to try? Give me. Let's try. Give me one sentence on the Mets. One sec- Oh, come on now. All right, I'm just having storm clouds are gathering. <laughs> I didn't say one poetic sentence about the Mets. <laughs> I didn't one sentence. We didn't need Mitch Album to come in here and <laughs> talk about the. Uh, I no, I haven't. I look. I don't have any. I don't have any coherent thoughts to put together right now because I've, I'm. I'm just. I'm just now, in real time, coming out of a, a panic. The Islander panic of 2015. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been watching the Mets. I've, there's a lot of things I like, what I see. Sure. I mean, they, they started the season great, two out of three against Washington. The, uh, the anointed team. Here's all I'll say. Okay. I use the analogy of wading into the pool with the Mets which is something that we don't usually do, right? We what, usually use that analogy? <laughs> That's correct. No. We're usually so excited for baseball season, and the Islander season is usually over by now. Right. That we don't have the opportunity to wade into the pool with the Mets. To dip our toe in. Correct. Feel the water. We got the analogy. <laughs> Watch for the sharks. We're all set here. Okay. <laughs> Go on. This is lovely. This is just, you know, I watched the whole game last night. I watched opening day. Today I wasn't able to watch. I was working, but I was listening and and um, just nice. Just baseball. Just, uh, you know, I, I like what I've seen so far. And um, I don't have much uh, at stake yet. No, well, there's there's not really a lot at stake. I will tell you this. Had they come out and lost all three games against Washington, the, the the tone would be much different. So you can't make too much over an opening series. I don't know if it would have been for me. Like, I don't know if it would have had the effect on me that it would have had last year. Or, well, you know, that, well, that's that's the two years presence of, That's the presence of the Islanders right now, right? That's a big part of it, yes. Okay, yes. Because this was a the huge year. part of it. Because this is the year, and we've all been told this is the year. They're taking back New York. They're winning ninety games. Yeah. They're making the playoffs. If they had come out and lost the first three games to Washington, I think uh, worlds would have come crashing down immediately. Yeah, but not on us. You know why? Because we're not buying into that. This is the year. They're overtaking the town. Like I, I don't care about the rhetoric surrounding this team. I want to see this team play baseball. Right. I haven't watched a pregame show. I haven't watched a postgame conference. The minute the game's over, I don't go on Twitter. <laughs> and and frankly, if I do, I'm looking for Islander stuff. That's it. Like these first three games. Like I, it's just it's it's nice for me right now. It's just about baseball. It's just about this team on the field. All right. So then on the field, the one takeaway from these three games is that this team can pitch. They pitched the hell out of the series, and, you know, and that and that and we knew they could pitch. Yep, but it it impressed me. Yeah, what they what they did against the the, the odds on favorites to win the World Series. Yeah, forget about just your division. So, I'll take I'll give you another takeaway. 
You're going to give me a takeaway. Or another one of my takeaways from this three-game set. What 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 sort of literary tool is that? That's a terrible one, whatever You're going to give me a takeaway. Yeah, see what I did there? Is that? I don't know. If only we had a... a, a, a somebody a who was li- a, a, a literary aficionado. Yeah. A linguist. Someone who loves the language. <sighs> He's a language I lover. I prefer a grammarian. Thank you. Now, are you half grammarian on your mother's side? Was she was she from Grammaria? Actually, not a nationality. It's a church. Oh, even better. It, the first church of Grammaria? Yeah. We're reform, a reformed grammarian. Reformed grammarian. We're not orthodox. No. No, those people are crazy. They're not pushing their uh, their beliefs on us at That's all. Right, they're not pushing their grammarian beliefs on you. Right. Um, I just my takeaway was this team is not is super impressed with itself. I like that. The celebrations, no, the celebrations weren't gaudy. There was none of the 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 hit towel or the hand thing or whatever. They seemed to be very confident, and they and I'm talking about the lineup now. Yeah, and they seem to um, uh, be a a group that doesn't is not uh, super impressed with themselves, which I like. Well, the, and they shouldn't be. They, they they don't have a right to be. That's right. Very impressed with themselves. Let's 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 see it. Yep, that's right. Well, that's what they look like to me. Right. I only give them. I'm giving them credit. I'm not. I'm not yeah. criticizing them. They look like a group who was like, you know what? We've talked enough. We're going to try to show you here. Yeah. So, good. All right. Let's go to the fun love. Three games. Great to see Matt Harvey back today. It, it really was. Oof. He's he's really good. He's really good. But you know what? DeGrom is really good, too. Yep. He sure is. Hey, look. And- Peter Gammon said it the other day on with Francesa Cal. He said... Everybody I talk to says, be careful that DeGrom is not as good or better than Harvey. Now stop it. Now no, that's what, that, no, he's talking about scouts and stuff like that. Be careful no. that he could be as good as Harvey. All right, let's go to the fun load now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, why is that ridiculous? It's going to be better than Harvey. He said, all he said was, scouts have told him, be careful, look out for the Mets. Did they tell him not to sleep on it? Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> because DeGrom could be as good or better than Harvey. Now, is he going to be better than Matt Harvey? Well, he's almost won as many games as he has in his career. Hey, let's not put Matt Harvey's plaque up yet, please. I think it's way too late for that. Yeah, I know. That ship has sailed. You know, he's <laughs> with the plaque on it. It's already, statue in, of him. it's already in the Mets Hall of Fame, right? Oh, yeah. They've... they've <laughs> the one at City Field? That's already in. Right. Harvey Field? Harvey. <laughs> Change the name. The Harvey Rotunda? The Harvey... <laughs> the Matt Harvey Rotunda. Uh, I'll meet you at the Harvey Bridge after um, the third <laughs> inning. Is the Bill, Harvey Apple... Bill Shea who? What? <laughs> is the Harvey Apple coming up? Live from the Matt Harvey broadcast booth. <laughs> the Matt Harvey radio booth. The Matt Harvey radio booth. It's 
The rotunda, the rotunda will actually be renamed Matthew, the Matthew Edward Harvey. It's rotunda. <laughs> All right. Enough. All right. Enough.